0: And Welcome to the premiere bonus episode of Why I'll Never Make It, the Tony Awards, the Tony Awards. I am Patrick Oliver-Jones, and I'm going to be your host as we embark on this journey of the Tony Awards. Dewey Cadell is actually out of town doing a show. He's actually working it. He is making it. So I'm going to let him focus on that. I will be focusing on the Tony Awards. For these these bonus episodes, we're going to take a look at some of the shows nominated for Tony Awards, and I'm going to sit down with people involved in these shows to talk about the process, the production itself, as well as the nominations and what that has meant for the show. So why don't we go ahead and get started with a wonderful, wonderful show, Once on This Island. I sat down with the musical director, Alvin Huff, to talk about the show, and it is currently up for... Eight Tony nominations, including Best Revival of a Musical, Best Leading Actress, Haley Kilgore, Best Scenic Design, Dane Laffrey, Best Costume Design, Clint Ramos, Best Lighting Design, Jules Fisher and Peggy Eisenhower, Best sound design, Peter Holinski. Best direction of a musical, Michael Arden, and best orchestrations, Anne-Marie Malazzo and Michael Starabin. Now, for those of you who may not know a little bit about Once on This Island, let me give you a brief synopsis of its story. T-Moon is a fearless peasant girl who falls in love with a wealthy boy from the other side of the island. Now, when their divided cultures threaten to keep them apart, T-Moon guided by the island gods, sets out on a remarkable quest to reunite with the man who has captured her heart. Now, Once on this Island originally premiered off-Broadway in 1990 at the Playwrights Horizon Theater before eventually transferring to Broadway, where it was also nominated for eight Tony Awards in that year. So let's get this show underway, where I join Alvin Huff, the musical director of Once on this Island, at the Circle in the Square Theatre, backstage. Thank you for joining.
1: Oh, glad to be here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this has been nominated for not only Best Revival, but a total of eight nominations for Tony One of those is best orchestrations. Now what is it like working on this musical
1: and it's award-winning music? Um I guess first off I gotta give kudos to Stephen Flaherty who wrote <laughs> and, and and Lynn, you know, let's get let's give credit where credit is due. <laughs> um, but they wrote such a fantastic show and they did it they did it right 28 years ago and now we're just doing it different. Uh, <laughs> doing it just a little differently. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so much fun to be at this theater to feel like the the energy from the audience. Um, there's no other theater in the round on Broadway, and it's it's my first time doing something here, and it's really magical to be a part of it eight times a week. Um, the orchestrations are unique, and that really doesn't begin to describe it. Unique is the is the least you know descriptive <laughs> word I could use. Word to use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Michael Starravin, who was around for the original 28 years ago, he. Orchestrated the 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 band section, and I mean, we're only four now. We're piano, bass, drums, guitar. And how many was it originally? I think originally it was six or seven. I think for the for the tour they expanded to nine. I mean, they definitely had a couple of reads, like a sax. You know, they put some trumpets on the cast album, even. I mean, it got it got really you know really wild and crazy. Um, but now we the the concept of the show. Was really developed by Michael Arden, our director, and Anne Marie Malazzo, who's great. She's worked on *Spring Awakening* and so many other fantastic shows. Um, the concept was, what would happen if you did *Once* on this island in a parking lot? Hmm. Which sounds a little, a little, a little out of the box, right? A weird, right. But like the real breakdown of that was, what would happen if an island, like if the stage, really got struck by a hurricane? What? what you have left. Hmm. You'd have yourself, you have the human body, the human voice, and you have all the debris, all the trash left over from the storm just lying around. So we pair with a, a company called Bash the Trash, which huh. is run by John Bertels, uh in Brooklyn. Fantastic. He literally scours the the universe, it feels like, for... Someone's trash, you know. One man's trash is another man's. Right. It's now our treasure. We have him on the stage. He finds all sorts of things that people that we we bang, we blow into, we you know use some kind of way yeah, to yeah, make. Yeah, yeah. It's not sounds. traditional
0: instruments on not stage. Not traditional,
1: and and the actors are responsible for playing those. And we had parts like written out for them by Michael Sturman, who were, like he did the four you know you know union musician players, and he wrote parts for the actors to, you know, to sing something and then they would bang on a pot or they'd spin a whirly tube or something really, really, you know, out of the box, yeah. thing, kind of like that. And the human element of it was Anne-Marie said, well, you have yourself. And so the background vocals, you know, typically when you think of, you hear of uh, vocal you think of, it's a vocal arrangement. You're like, here's the melody. We're going to arrange some like oohs and ahs below it. Right. Oh, that's not what we did here. <laughs> um... She said, well, I, I, want, I want you to sound like a flute. I want you to sound like a saxophone. I want you to sound like a harp. I oh, want wow. you to sound yeah. like an organ. Like, you, the human, is going to replace all the instrument, the real instruments that we don't have.
0: Yeah, but, you know, and, and for those of you listening who haven't seen the show, I, I've, I've seen the show, and, and, and you're right. They do use the voice to create these
1: sounds and, and the atmosphere, basically, for, for the story as it's being told. I, I take zero credit in writing the orchestrations. <laughs> but, well, oh, I should say that. Um, typically you think of vocal arrangements but right. because these are so complex and they're replacing what the orchestra would have done She's essentially she's done vocal orchestration. Oh, she's wow. co-orchestrator. She writes with Mike. They wrote together mm-hmm. She said well, no, I mean the guitar shouldn't play that because I'm gonna have you know the third auto Do a little something that's gonna mimic that sound like no take the guitar away. I'm gonna have the the singer do that so to say it's like a 16-part harmony is a little misleading, but Every individual in our show has his own line, his or her own line of music, their own music track. Oh, wow. Every, you know, so, so no one's singing voice, 16 notes. So every at, voice is literally important and the,
0: uh, one of a kind in the right. orchestration. There are not
1: 16 different notes being sung at the same time. But right. what anne would do, which is genius, she has, you know, she had her own ideas, but what she would, what she did was she looked back at what was done 28 years ago and she said, oh, here's a, here's a flute line. And it you know, it curves like this. You know, I'm gonna take the first three notes and give it to Soprano Two and Alto three and bass four. And then I'm gonna give the next four notes to like Soprano One and out and she just splits it up and creates these like weird like they seem weird and unusual by themselves. It's but, like why am together. I singing this 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 these two notes right here? Oh, but it makes sense when you hear the whole line mm-hmm. and it just feeds and everyone's listening to each other and feeding off each other, and that's why it's really so much more of an ensemble piece. It's oh, like a community piece oh, and oh, you're absolutely. listening to each other yeah. and finishing each other's thoughts and starting the next one.
0: Because e- even in the program, it, it's not called ensemble. Everyone is a storyteller. And and so part of that storytelling is, is the music itself. And I can certainly attest to the fact that when it, when everyone is together it is a it is a magical sound oh, it it, it nice. really is and so it's a uh, i i can certainly attest to the work that you and, and all the actors have done in putting those Thanks. voices together and blending them so well and and sound design they were also nominated oh, gosh. so that's that's a big part They're, of that creating that sound on stage i heard
1: from so many people before well, I get um i am contractually uh i can i get one show a week to sit in the audience and take notes okay and But I couldn't do that until after we had opened and, you know, smoothed out all the kinks. And people, you know, friends of mine would come and say, oh, it sounds so good in the house. Like, what did, I'm like, I, I don't know. I haven't heard it yet. (laughs) I'm up, I'm up, I have my own mix in my earphones and I listen to to that. And I'm like, I I can't wait to get out in the house. And the first time I took notes, I almost couldn't write for the first, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes. I'm like, this sounds so amazing. Mm -hmm. It's, um, people often come and say, are you sure there are only four guys up there playing? Are you sure it's only four guys in that band? It's because we're all doing a lot, actually. It, it, because of what? What are the four instruments? Um exactly. Piano, bass, drums, guitar. That's all we have. The bassist okay. is playing, you know, one electric, you know, bass for the entire show. Right. The guitarist has he has four different guitars. The percussion kit is something that I'm no drummer. I can't, you know, fully explain. But I think anyone with, you know, a pair of eyes yeah. can just look at what he has set up and realize this is unusual. Yeah. This is not. I mean he it's so unique. I think he's got four or five cowbells, he's got a Jun Jun, he's got he has to have a snare drum for certain parts. He's I it's yeah. so unique and everything is set up within like a millimeter of if uh, he's crammed in this tiny little space, I mean, he makes it work. Right, it right. makes sense. But it I but mean, but, the, but the quarters its, are
0: tight. That's its own choreography for the drummer, that's true. just
1: just to know. Okay, now I need
0: to reach over to the left and hit this, to the right and hit in front. Yeah, just. And to I will right say, right. for me,
1: I'm conducting. I'm playing keyboard. I and with your keyboard, have, do you do other sounds, or is it mostly just no, piano oh, sound? plenty plenty sounds? No, yes. I have plenty, plenty of plenty of sounds to you know kind of trick the ear. Right. Uh, uh, patch changes all over the place, but it's wonderful. Uh, Randy Cohen did the programming, and it's 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 great. Um, I I guess I could say uh, they're first for everything on Broadway, and I am I'm playing percussion myself at oh, times. Oh, oh, that's right. That's I've yeah. got I'm playing a like a Spanish gourd that Javi Javi Diaz is our wonderful percussionist. He gave me a Spanish gourd. There's there's a a moment in the show that's entire song is just a percussion solo, oh. and it feels as though Javi has. He's already playing so much. Is that the dance? Yeah, is that's that's the, the dance yeah. of the ball. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Alva, can you? Can I? Yeah, yeah. Give, give me something. I can like lay down a beat, and you can like play <laughs> play around me. It's yeah. it's so much fun I'm playing some percussion. Um, I'm playing, uh, I'm playing the melodica. What is the melodica? Which is, um, it's a very unique instrument. I uh, I, I I wish I knew exactly how many notes were. I think it's about two and a half, maybe three octaves. And you just hold it in your hand, and it's it's an actual keyboard. Uh huh. But There reeds inside, and the only way to produce sound is to attach a little mouthpiece to it. Oh, so you're blowing and I have to blow into it and playing the the keys. Yeah, I
0: I think I've seen that instrument before. uh, It's uh,
1: it's fun. It's I, uh, well, I I've often wondered (laughs) doing other shows like you know we if there's a two show day and some guys in the band go out and hang out. It's like hey, let's go get some, I don't know, some pizza or some something heavy. And I feel all the reed players, all the all the wind players are like. I don't know. I don't know if I could <laughs> eat, you know, an entire whatever on a yeah. and I'm like, come on, guys. You guys are being, you guys are being whims. What's wrong with you? And then now I realize it's hard to play on a full stomach. My right. my bread support is nothing. Like the pros, I I will not take credit for that, but um, so, so I I find myself you know struggling some nights after I've exercising. had like a big like burrito or something. I'm like <laughs> oh, I'm running out of air. It's it's so you're um,
0: exercising new muscles within I, your
1: musical I, I am. prowess. Um, yeah. and I have <laughs> to like pick that up for eight measures and then throw it down and go back to playing keyboard. Yeah. it's a workout. It's a great show. It's 90 minutes. There's which, no intermission. Yeah, which which is so really nice as an audience custom. member. You just oh?
0: come, watch it straight through, and then and then you're done. So it's certainly it's certainly wonderful. Well well. Speaking of, of, of the voices, which we were talking about, you have a, such a wide range of performers. <laughs> you, you, you have low low basses, you have wonderful sopranos, and then you have people who like Leia Salonga, who are you know traditional musical theater, Miss Saigon, mm-hmm. and then you have Tamara Gray, who is known for her American Idol pop, and all the voices in between. What is it like bringing all these different styles and voices together? It's... It is a, a
1: difficult yet rewarding process to get people to do this, to do what Anne-Marie has written down. When you get the score and you have, like, this legal size piece of paper and you have 16 lines of, like, oh, my gosh, this looks so <laughs> overwhelming. You're t- yeah. You get four measures a page. You're turning pages, seeming like, every, every two seconds. Um, it's a daunting task, but I know a- Anne-Marie preached um, two large uh, concepts. She's like... Uh, Let's take away as much of the vibrato as we can. Okay. And try to make things as straight tone as possible well, because we're like we really gotta listen to each other and blend, and that's you know not easy for you know for some people. Yeah. Um, and then since like these voices are replacing flutes and clarinets and saxophones and 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 you know those sorts of instruments, think about the breath behind you know think of a breathy quality to your tone. Mm-hmm. Like we're not. You know, there are moments where, yes, you can belt and, you know, and, you know, belt for Jesus and have a great time. Yeah. But most of the shows since you're, you know, like, think like a flute. And you you have to put put some air, like, poke some holes in the sound that you make. But because of that, you're allowing other other tones that other people are producing to, like, filter through. And you get, like, this wonderful, like, you, you probably get confused sometimes. Like, am, am I listening to a harp? Yeah. Am, it, it, you know, in the whole realm of things, Um. One of our actresses is amazing. She does the really, really crazy high soprano stuff mm-hmm. of Cassandra James. Wonderful, um, and she's multi-talented because she can also play a mean flute. So there were three numbers in the show where she steps away from the uh, the stage and 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 kind of stands underneath where the band is, and that's giving away a little something. Yeah, the band is not in a pit. We're a little higher than yeah, that. Yeah, You're kind of up. We're kind of up. Corner. You know, I yeah. don't want to give everything away. You got to come right. see us. Right. Um, But she stands over on the side and she plays three numbers on the flute, like an actual flute, and it's a nice, a nice color. And you realize, oh, it's it's kind of what I've been listening to all night, like with the background vocals singing Mm -hmm. together and creating this kind of like breathy atmosphere around, uh, you know, certain sections. Um, It's uh, a lot of hard work, but I think the. Seeing people seeing seeing people's eye eyebrows raise when things start to come into focus when you sit in a semicircle and you're struggling with this one line you're like no 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 just listen to the whole thing feed off of each other listen to each other and once you know repetition you just you just do it over and over again but and uh, people but, but start but it is to realize they it, it, realize it's about you have to listen matching mm mm-hmm. exactly um and Leia I I mean, I I can't say a bad word about her. Even if I even if I tried, my mouth wouldn't let me. I mean, She's I mean, amazing. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I I will say you have you have a talented cast from top to bottom. But there was something special about Lea Salonga in the different solos and the bits that she had when I when I saw the show. It was, it it, it truly was just like
1: it just went through through me as, as I listened to it. There's just something she about her that, voice. She said actually th- this seems daunting for Broadway, but for her, she said she, I, she had done. Sort of multi-part harmonies similar to this back uh, in the Philippines, and I'm like, "Well, bring that knowledge right, <laughs> right? onto the yeah. island." Yeah, you know, from one island to another, just come, come on over. Um, she's she's great, Tamira uh, has been a wonderful addition to our to our cast. She's and then, and she's so, playing what was uh, originally a male role. That um that part of casting was was exciting and scary all at the same time. It took us a while to cast the show, but yeah, yeah she's um. She's was it playing no, the role of Papa Gay, and,
0: and, and was that original from the onset? It's like okay, we're going to have
1: no, or, no, that just kind of um, happened. It just, it just kind of happened. Yeah, um, we were, we, we were struggling to find like the right, the right look for the gods. Like mm. knowing that we have Leia, you know, on an island that you know is Haiti, but it isn't Haiti, but it is Haiti. Yeah. Um and and uh, an entire cast of, you know, of of darker skinned people and we have Leia as one of the gods and we're like, Well how do we how do we make this group of gods seem uh, transcendent? How do we make them yeah, special? The, yeah, how but, but do we beyond make them
0: race, beyond human, Right, beyond, Exactly. Yeah, and that's yeah.
1: where we that's where we what we were thinking, and we said, Well, Leia was signed on, we got Quentin Darrington to play Agwe and he's fantastic. And we looked at the other two gods and said, Huh. So we have an Asian woman, a a a black man. What are we going to do with the other two roles to to keep things, you know, to keep the gods above the rest? And we said, you know, and Michael said he had a great relationship with Alex Newell. We brought him in just to see if he could sing it. You know, he's from his Glee days. He's Mm -hmm. you know he's got (laughs) that crazy trick trick voice. He's got the oh, he does have the range. Um, We brought him in. He. Killed, Mama will provide. He's yeah. saying it effortlessly, and we're like, "Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like what that is." And um, Merle Dandridge originally she opened the show right. as, as Papa Gay uh, before she went back to film for Greenleaf on uh, on OWN. She's got, she's you know just the lead of a show on Oprah's network, you no know, big deal. TV calls sometimes, but she has a the range too to sing like to sing resonant to have resonance down in a low register and and to to be a scary yet the seductive sly demon of death that yeah. is Papa Gay. And, and it was just an experiment. It's like, well, let's see what happens if we bring in people of, you know, the opposite role for these two parts. And we got several people to come in and we're like, I think this can work. I think, yeah. I don't think, you know, audience members will be thrown off by this. I think no, no, they'll, no, they'll I, be willing I, to embrace something different.
0: I mean, I I, I will admit, like, the... Again, I, I I don't take anything away from all of the cast, but there was something special about Tamara's performance. It, it was it was I, I think because of that casting, because she was taking on a traditional male role, I think she brought something to it that I, I don't think a guy could have brought to it. And fair, so fair. for that for that reason, every time she was on, it was just riveting to watch what she was going to do next and what she did with the role. And 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 to know her, I, you know, I've listened to her recordings. That's I hard. heard her on American Idol season she, one. She has she know. has a beautiful voice,
1: but she she dirties it up a bit mm-hmm. for the, for this role. It's something that you know, honestly, didn't didn't come from me. I don't even think she knew exactly where it came from in her. But once you know, you get the size, mm-hmm. and she came to see the show, and she was directed. You know, Michael and David Perlow, our associate director, like you know, sat down and did a lot of sessions with her and figured out. Things like uh, like body language, like Camille Brown, fantastic mm. choreographer. She just simple things like how how would Papa Gay walk? How would he you know uh, you know how would he hold his shoulders? How would he you know what what's his body like? Yeah, and those kind of things. She's like, well, how can I produce? What sounds can I produce if I'm hunched over? If I roll my back? If I you know putting you in different situations that are scary? Like how would I impose my will in this village where the the people, frankly, they're 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 a little scared of me because I yeah. I am the demon of death. I can take them away at any moment if they you know don't act right. Yeah. Um, and I think she took all of that and just really worked really hard, and she's a strong actor, and put all that together, and then it kind of like f- somehow her voice got affected, and she gets she gets low and it gets gra- gravelly, and I, I can't do I, it. I'm no I, singer or actor. She's. Phenomenal, and well, de- well, you can definitely see how the the physicality
0: of of that role and that that kind of choreographical movement in influences
1: her voice, and and the two definitely work seamlessly together. And it's uh, it's it's a lot to ask, especially on well, I I guess I will give this away on a stage that's full of sand. Yeah, uh, like learning, you have to almost relearn how to walk, and then. You have to learn how to do all the choreography again (laughs) because you learned it in a studio on, you know, you know, regular floor. And now you have to learn how to do it in sand. Yeah. And I think I feel that with each, you know, level of rehearsal, each new curveball that was thrown at the cast, they felt like, oh, I have to rise to the occasion. I mean, okay, great. I learned the vocals by myself. Awesome. Now, what does it sound like in a group? What does it sound like when all the altos are sitting next to each other? and now we get on stage and the blocking says all the altos are spread apart. You know? How, how do yeah. I still maintain my note? What's it like to dance, to learn it in a regular studio, now I have to learn it in the sand? Like, there were always... I feel no one got bored with this show. Yeah. You were constantly learning, you're constantly... I mean, even the sand depth is slightly different every night because some of it gets yep. carried up the stairs, and we some use the entire theater. Some of it gets wet. Yeah, so um, and of course we have a wonderful crew that you know replenishes it every of few course, days. Yeah. But it, it's it's always a guessing game. Like, am I you know how much footing do I have? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> you're right like because
0: that. they're they're blocked not only on the stage in the area, but then they come up into the audience. They're in, they're in the seats it's, sometimes. Oh, so, yes. So it's they're, it's yeah. wonderful
1: to hear the ushers, you know, remind every audience. <laughs> room, it's like the <laughs> so, aisles are used. Aisles, keep keep your clear. purses <laughs> out of the aisles. Keep your feet out of the aisles. And, yeah. you know, they're, it's, it's the beauty of live theater. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, we love when the audience is raucous and right there with us. It, it takes us to a different level. Um, being on stage with the band in a costume is a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, from my perch, um, it's good to, like, look down and see, you know, certain audience members. Let, let, let's be honest. Like, okay, this guy didn't really want to be here. He got dragged <laughs> here by his wife. He's right. kind of yeah. nodding off a little mm-hmm. bit. Let's get to a loud number and we can wake him up. <laughs> like, oh, this girl is, like, really into it. Like, she's crying. Like, th- just to see different emotions throughout the show. And I guarantee you, no matter where you sit the first time, and I say the first time for a reason, you're gonna. You'll see a lot of things, but you'll miss 17 other surprises that we yeah. wanted you to see. Yeah, but because and it's gonna almost force you to say, "I gotta go <laughs> back again and sit on the other side so I can see what happens from that vantage point." Yeah, because we were talking
0: earlier how you mentioned
1: there's there's a certain animal that comes out. No, I was that's like, fair. We, I never saw that animal. We could say that. Um, if if now I should say when when you come see the show. Yeah. Um, my recommendation is to get here early. Yeah. Um. I, I can laud Michael Arden for a ton of things um, and he's nominated for Best Director and I uh, certainly hope the voters are recognize what he's done. Um, it's something, he's an actor, he's an actor turned director himself mm-hmm. and he said he would, could come to work, go to his dressing room, get in a costume, get in a wig, put on his mic, go downstairs, go on stage and have a riveting scene with someone, I don't know, something very emotional and he's never seen the person all day. Again, like in, in his actual life, he's never seen the person. He doesn't know if that what that person has gone through that day. Have they won the lottery? Did their dog die? Did like you know what what kind of energy are you giving me today? Yeah, you know before I do this love scene, death scene, whatever this emotional scene with you. And he said, you know, we're not going to do that here on the island. We have a pre-show. Um, it's an opportunity for everyone to come on stage and to be members of this community and to just check in with each other like you know we're, it's almost you know the audience is there but we, we come to like just like, enjoy ourselves and it, each person on the stage for the pre-show has a different name than they do in the actual show they have a different personality right. they right. have different responsibilities in the community like you know people might fish people might paint there's one girl who's doing the laundry like you, they have their roles and it's just a community coming to check in hey how you doing today right. and we just have a little show with ourselves To just see how you're feeling there. And you can, you know, sometimes you can say, oh, you're not, you're giving me a little down energy. Maybe, you know, something, you know, maybe the subway was late or something. Like, something happened to you right before you got here, you're not, you know, in the best of moods. And so, you know, like, okay, when I actually interact with them during the show, I have to be a little more focused with them Because, you know, I got to bring them, break them out of their funk. Or someone could have, one of our uh, cast members just got married a few days ago. And he has brought... I mean, he's always been super, super energetic and right. just a great. But now but he's on a new it's level. a different level. He just <laughs> got married on uh, Friday, I think it was. Um, it's great. Yeah. And so he's like showing his ring around again. It's wonderful. He has a He has a different energy. Absolutely. It's, a, it's higher. So Michael really wanted that to be an, an integral part of the show. And hey, we're on an island. We have yeah. some animals. Right. We got goats. We got chickens, you yeah. know. There's it's the uh, chickens I never saw. I don't know chi- where I. Chi- I don't know what I was looking at, but I never saw. Well, the we chickens. have we have two goats and four chickens uh, total. Okay. Uh, uh, Sparky is our is our number one goat, and Peapod's the understudy. Now
0: I hear that these goats took a certain room from a certain somebody.
1: I I don't know <laughs> what you're uh, talking about. Um, I guess that somebody would be me. Uh, I, lo- I love the goats. I got here for tech, and I had there's a room picked out. Like, ours is great. I'm like, yeah, sure, it's perfect for understudy rehearsal purposes and things like that. And then it got to a point where uh, they said, "Um, sorry, we had to take your room from you because it's really close to the stage, and we gave it to the animals. Yeah, yeah. we gave it to the goats. And gave the it to the goats. Uh, I was a little, d- <laughs> you know, downtrodden for a while, but I, I got yeah. a room backstage. I yeah. got the stage managers when nice enough to partition part of their room off and I have I have my room that's where we are right now actually. Right. We have like I said two two goats four chickens. They're named after the dream girls. Oh. Effie, Lorel, Dina and, and Michelle. Brilliant. And one of the four is out on stage every night um and it's so much fun. I mean you come to the island you 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 don't know what you're going to get. You know, each night because yeah. I mean we have a little bit of something different because we we feed off the audience and the reaction but I can guarantee you one thing you'll get um some top notch performances yeah. you'll get a great story that uh i hope resonates with people long after they leave the theater Absolutely. and that they're thinking about love and 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 the future and what one one girl's decision uh how it can change future generations um mm-hmm. and it's it's a really remarkable show i'm i'm I still can't believe I wake up some days and I'm like, am I really doing this? Yeah. Am I really doing this? It's so, so rewarding.
0: Yeah, th- yeah. because one one last thing before mm-hmm. before we let you go because you have a show coming up. The original, as you mentioned, back in 1990 mm-hmm. when it opened, it garnered, I think, eight or nine Tony nominations yeah. and mm-hmm. a lot of the same ones that it's being nominated true, for now, for, for this year. And so what is it like bringing something that was so rewarded back then and
1: bringing it to a new audience 28 years later? Um, it's... It's amazing because both Lynn and Stephen are still alive. Still, like they were in rehearsals every day. Oh, wow. They were such a part of the process. I mean, you could revive Carousel or you know My Fair Lady, and you and you can't, you can't, you know, just call up the composer. <laughs> hey, what do you think about? Can we try <laughs> right, this? Yeah. Um, I I will say working with Lynn and Stephen was just so so magical. They ha- they had their ideas from 1990, and it, and they had a great run. They won Olivier awards in in London, and. Michael really wanted to try new things he wanted he wanted real things yeah. um we have real water, we have real fire, we have real sand like it actually feels like you're on the uh, he wanted to transform the art like take them out of New York City or yeah. wherever you know, and put them in a place that you know you know may not be comfortable for the audience you have to figure out you know what, what's yeah, what's yeah, going what exactly on here' is happening yeah. um and to do it differently, of course, we're in the round and the original was on a proscenium and changing the staging for that to make sure the entire house feels included right. now um, was was a challenge and directing in the round I'm sure is no easy task. I don't <laughs> interview Michael for that at all. Um, but it was great to to watch Lynn and Stephen over the process, you know, hold on to their original thoughts like this is what we did before and like we know that worked and then to be shown something different and to say, huh, I don't know, maybe 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 it can work that way. I don't know, that's why we have previews. Yeah, And... To, to see them, you know, watch, to get the audience reaction from the previews and to say, oh, wow, they really do like this this change. They really do do appreciate the things. Um, Tamoon's dance, the big dance towards the end of the right. show, was choreographed and written. And, it, you know, we had notes and everything was written out and the drum beats for what was done 20 years ago. And we tried to do that and use those, that same music in rehearsal. And after, I don't know, a few minutes, maybe not even, Stephen just came over to me and said, would not throw that away. So so he he just rewrote it for this new production. And and no yes and no he didn't do a thing. He said, "You know what? Javi's a great percussionist, Camille is an awesome choreographer, and you got these dancers. Oh, wow. You guys figure something out that works for 2018, that works for these bodies, that works for that percussionist, and let's do something special. Let's do something for these, you know, for this group of people. Yeah. Let's make something." Yeah. And I don't know. It took us several days, and I I don't even know all the iterations it went through. But now it's this is our T-Moon's dance. If you go yeah. back and listen to the reco- the, uh, the original, doesn't sound like that. No, we-
0: no. And, and, and believe me, the, the audience, as, as you were saying, <laughs> the audience responds to it. Sure. it, it it's no, like sure. a huge applause for that. That's so much and, fun. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking thank with us, Alvin. It, it was a joy to watch the show and I hope that, that everyone gets to see it. It's currently playing at Circle in the Square, nominated for Best Revival, along with many other Tonys. But June
1: 10th, we're performing on oh, the yes. awards. Yes, so, uh, yes. Be sure to check us out. Uh, you, uh, you may be surprised what you see i definitely can't <laughs> reveal anything about that no 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 but no,
0: no. we'll all wait and see it thank you again for talking with us
1: appreciate it
0: you've been listening to alvin huff music director for the broadway musical once on this island While i'll never make it is a bi-weekly theater podcast hosted by dewey Cadell and patrick oliver jones these tony award bonus episodes are produced by dylan adams with intro music by Kevin MacLeod and incidental music created by yours truly on GarageBand. Join me next time when we take an inside look into Spongebob Squarepants, the musical. See you then.